One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, I'm Yasser and welcome to Blinded Faith, the podcast holding an honest, frank and enlightening conversation around a passionate belief. Following the attacks in New Zealand, Muslim leaders are again asking for more to be done to protect their worshippers from hate crimes. Is Islamophobia on the rise? If so, why? And what can be done? I headed along to meet with high-profile London imam, broadcaster and politician Ajmal Masrur. I am living with two death threats, one from ISIS and one from Al-Shabaab, right now. So if Al-Shabaab and ISIS wanted to take a port shot at me, you'll also be dead with me. We met in an earthy North London coffee shop with laid-back leather sofas and a view across a busy street heaving with commuters. Thank you very much for joining me today. You're welcome. I really do appreciate it. You've come on your bike. So healthy living, I like that. Yeah, I, I try and bike, especially when the weather is getting better. Yeah. So from March till about October, I'm on my bike. And then what, 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 does it, what do you... Then you public to? transport yeah. and whatever else I need to... When it's too cold, it's not worth biking. No, it's not. It's a bit dangerous as well. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's get straight into it. Um, I just want to ask you, what is Islam all about for those people who don't know? Well, Islam is, uh, is the name of a religion. Um, if you were asking me... To give you a summary of the religion itself, it will be about managing three relationships. Relationship with my own self, relationship with my fellow human beings, and relationship with God. That would be the shortest summary I can give you. To explain that, relationship with myself means I need to love myself, I need to respect myself, honor myself. I need to know that I am worthy of all dignity. I have self-worth, that nobody can take that away from me. I'm born free. I am given on this earth to enjoy this earth freely like everybody else. So that self-realization, self-worth, self-knowledge is the first and the most important relationship that you will ever have. Yeah. Second one is your relationship with one another, fellow human beings. Is to know that another human being is just like you, who also needs to be treated the same way, with honor and dignity, with respect, with equality, with, without prejudice, prejudice and all the rest. And that you would deal with one another fairly and justly with compassion and charity. You would love thy neighbor, like Jesus said, very Islamic principle. You would be treating your neighbor like you would like to be treated. All of those relationships, including your parents, your siblings, your families, your children. And the final relationship is with the relationship with God. Okay. That is that you are essence and by your soul's nature, you're divine in your essence. Your soul doesn't die, your body dies. So while your body rots away, 
and disappears, your soul will return to its original creator. If you starve your soul of a relationship with God while the soul was with you on this earth, the soul will leave this earth starving. Right. A starving soul is a recipe for inner discontent. A starving soul is a recipe for an internal meltdown. Okay. So that relationship with God is the relationship that keeps your soul going and it is done by spiritual activities. It's direct. You don't need an intermediary. You don't need Moses, Jesus or Muhammad, the prophet of, prophets of God. You don't need them. You just, they're the messengers like postmen. Okay. But your relationship with God is direct. Okay. So that in a longer version is what Islam is. Yeah. How do people practice Islam? Again, essentially one liner would be being good to God and being good to your fellow human beings. Yeah. That's the one liner I give. Yeah. Um, manifesting that in life would be that you are fair and just with your fellow human beings. You pursue a life of excellence. You are kind, charitable. You're compassionate. And uh, you don't live on the empty. You spiritually also devote your time. You pray. You fast, you give charity, you serve human beings, you go to Hajj once in your lifetime, you're good to your parents, you're yeah. good to your wife and your children, manifesting all of these in a decent way of life. There is a verse of the Quran which simply summarizes it. Three do's and three don'ts. Three do's are that you should deal with one another with justice, be excellent in everything that you do, and you should always be kind and compassionate, charitable, with your fellow human beings. Those are the three do's. Three don'ts. Yeah. Don't get involved in shamelessness. Don't get involved with evil activities and don't be a transgressor or rebellious from your natural way. Yeah. Everything you're saying seems like the ideal perfect religion. Everything you're saying seems like it's music to everybody's ears. This is what everybody wants to see uh, on earth. Where does Islamophobia then come into it? Because it seems like this is the most peaceful religion, then why hate something so peaceful? Main reason why a lot of people don't like Islam or hate Islam is because they've been spoon-fed by yeah. the media on a regular basis um, some absolutely utter garbage about Islam. I stand by my words. I have challenged many people, senior politicians to very uh, prolific commentators and journalists to say prove me your assertion that Islam has any notion of terrorism or violence. They can't. What they do is they throw at my, on my face ISIS. Mm. Well the question is who created ISIS? Muslims didn't. Mm. Who created Syria? Muslims didn't. Who invaded Iraq? Muslims didn't. Who created Kashmir? Muslims didn't. Who created Palestine? Muslims didn't. The world wants to create problems in Muslim countries and when the Muslims react, they blame Islam on it. Hmm. Hypocrisy. Why is everyone so against Islam? Why? It's not about Islam. It's yeah. about greed. It's about politics. It's about wanting control. It's about politics. It's about power. It's not the religion. I, put, I guarantee you, challenge you, you read the religion, you love it. What is it that people have against Islam? Nobody can tell me. What is it? I remember talking to somebody the other day. He said, well, Islam is talking about violence. I said, if you can show me one word of violence in the Quran, I will denounce my faith. He couldn't. Hmm. 
Islam is about terrorism. Where does terrorism appear in the Quran? It doesn't. So you can't just make it up. What's happened today is there is a reality. The reality is post-colonial construct. The colonizers from the West went around the Muslim world, destroyed the Muslim world completely, created artificial nation states, imposed on those nation states puppet governments, and those puppet governments have taken away the freedom of people. And when the Muslims react against the puppet governments that we support in the West, we then start crying foul, terrorism, terrorism. Yeah. Who created terrorism or the space for terrorism? You did. Why did you steal their land and their property? Paris, London, Berlin, all these cities were built on the blood and the sweat of those people whose land you've stolen. And then you cry saying, oh, those people have no right to speak. Why do Africans want to come here? Mm. Because you've taken their wealth. Yeah. They just want to come and take their wealth back. Yeah. So, look, to me, I'm a very pragmatist. I believe the world is very unfair at the moment. Less than 1% of the world's population have access to and own more than 70% of world's wealth. The rest of us, we share the scraps left on the streets and in the dustbin. How is that fair? Look at the way the United Nations is designed. Five permanent members, they can do veto. Yeah. Absolutely balmy. All of those things create resentment and anger in the world. And those resentment and anger don't come from religion. They come from human. And when we create an unequal world, you get unequal reactions. Terrorism is one of the byproducts. Believe you me, it's nothing to do with Islam. Yeah. If Islam had it its way, there would be no terrorism on this world. Then why, why is terrorism so linked to Islam than any other major religion? You've just done it. How is it linked to Islam? Give me an example. In terms of, say, when you put on the media, when you put on the news and things well, like that. Ask the media, why, why do they link it? Yeah, why do you think it is, though? Uh, uh, primarily because of... So, take example of Saudi Arabia. A yeah. good example. Saudi Arabia was created by the British. When they curved up the Middle East, they gave the land to Al Saud family. Yeah. Who on earth is Al Saud family? Who gave them the legitimacy to rule the Saudi people? Did anyone vote for them? Can somebody vote them out? Can you stand in the election in Saudi Arabia? No. no. We sell the largest number of arms and weapons of mass destruction to Saudi Arabia. In the entire world, Saudi Arabia was the largest arms importer in the world. And guess where they buy it from? America and Britain, the two mothers of democracy and freedom. What a load of rubbish. If Saudi Arabia is breaking human rights and claiming Islam, if Saudi Arabia is not democratic and claiming Islam, if Saudi Arabia is despotic and claiming Islam, and if Saudi Arabia can kill its journalist and dissolve it, his body, allegedly, yeah. and we still have a relationship, then you know what it says? It says a lot about our relationship. Yeah. It says a lot about our mindset. Here is an example. Then, oh, it's Islam's fault. How is that Islam's fault? It's your fault for having a rotten relationship. Yeah. You're sleeping with the enemy, not even enemy. There is an English saying, you go to bed with the snake, the snake will bite you, yeah. sting you. That's what's happening. Yeah. Because it seems, you know, it's 
politics has sort of hijacked the image of what Islam truly is. That's what it seems like it. Um, I want to talk when about... When Salah Haddin, yeah. Saladin, the great conqueror or liberator of Palestine, went to Palestine and he came and made a pact with Richard the Lionheart. Guess what Richard the Lionheart offered Salah Haddin? He was so impressed by the character of Salah Haddin. When the Crusaders went to Palestine, Jerusalem had rivers of blood. Bodies were lying around knee-high of Muslims in Jerusalem. When, Rich, when Salah Haddin took over, nothing like that. Forgave them all. Richard yeah. the Lionheart was so impressed. He said, Salah Haddin, let's not fight. I'm willing to give my sister in marriage to your brother. Muslims and Christians together will rule Jerusalem. Guess they agreed. But guess who didn't agree to this proposal? The Christian priests. Why? Because their vested interest, their money and their power would be directly compromised. Yeah. Islam is a direct threat to the power brokers, to the capitalist, to the very greedy people of the world. It is true Islam is a threat to them. Why is it a threat to them? Because Islam does not tolerate such ideology. Islam says what you have you must share. Yeah. Islam says you can't be greedy. Equality. Of course. Islam says you can't be power hungry and rule illegitimately. Islam is a dynamic religion. That's the threat. What the dominant forces in the world want, they want is passive religion. They want people to be intoxicated in drugs and alcohol so that they don't rise. Well, Islam doesn't do that. Islam creates a conscious mind. It gives rise to you having the right to stand up for your right. Empowers you. Yes, yeah. and standing up to the power. It wants me to be an imam and it wants me to be a politician. Some people can't tolerate that. But I've got <laughs> bad news for them. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> um, I want to talk about um, your the terrorist groups. You've got ISIS, Al-Qaeda, they sort of brand themselves every couple of years. What is their ideology? What is it that they want? And why, why are they trying to attack normal civilians like me and you on the streets? I wish I knew the answer to this question. Yeah. I am living with two death threats. One from ISIS and one from Al-Shabaab right now. Wow. So if Al-Shabaab and ISIS wanted to take a port shot at me, you'll also be dead with me. Oh gosh. Right now. I, I got to keep my distance. <laughs> <you should. laughs> that is the truth. I why, actually, why are they though? Why did... Because I've spoken against them. I've said they're not Muslims. I've said they don't represent Islam at all. I've said what they're representing is an evil ideology, nothing to do with Islam. Yeah. The truth, and that truth has been proven. All those British boys who went to fight, repeatedly coming back on our news and saying we made a mistake, is an evil ideology we should never have joined. We knew that long time ago. Yeah. If you know Islam, you know that is not Islam. Why do they do that? It's all politics. It's all money. It's the evil empire that we have created in the world. Where do they all come from? These absolute nutty people from, Af from Afghanistan. When Russia invaded Afghanistan, yeah. we sponsored, supported, paid for, trained, set up Al-Qaeda and their leadership. Yeah. Because they were doing our bidding and our fighting at that time. When Russians were overthrown, we didn't know what to do with them. The remnants of those people and their ideology has spread across the globe. We've been supporting Saudi Arabia for the last hundred years. Saudi Arabian ideology is not Islamic ideology. It's a rotten, 
preservation of a family, a royal family's ideology. That's coming to bite us badly. So if you tell me, if you ask me, where do these guys get their ideology from? I've just told you. It's not from Islam. If they got it from Islam, they wouldn't be doing what they did or they're doing today. They will not be doing any of that. Yeah. The groups like ISIS and Qaeda and, and whatever they are, as well as painting a, a, a wrong picture of Islam as well, are they using any truth at all? They have an, they have an idea. Yeah. The idea is they want to create an Islamic society. Yeah. But for you to create an Islamic society, you need to know what Islamic society should look like. You need to be educated. You need to be sophisticated. Hmm. You need to know how civilizations are made and civilizations are broken. These nutters are ill-educated. Thugs, gangsters, drug dealers, prison sentences they've served in their lives from the countries they've come from. Yeah. They've come, they've come from broken families. They can't be the creators of Islamic society. If you want to look at the example of creation of Islamic society, the bar is very high. Prophet Muhammad's life. Where did he create terror in his life? Give me one example. None whatsoever. Yeah. At the times of his companions, none whatsoever. Any terrorist who dealt with the Muslim society in, in any extreme way were dealt severely by those amazing rulers of the Muslim world. Mm. You don't have to go that far. Go to Spain for 800 years. Golden civilization, not only for Muslims, but to humanity at large. Mm. They laid down the foundation for science. They laid down science, the foundation for technology, medicine, philosophy, architect, everything that you think about in the modern world. The foundation of it were laid down in Spain by the Muslims. Yeah. That civilization, not these barbarians that we see in ISIS and, mm. uh, uh, and Al-Shabaab. I know this is a question that's been asked a lot and there's so many different vari variations of the answers and stuff, but is there anything we could do to stop these people? Educate our boys and our girls, number one. Number two, remove hypocrisy from our foreign policies. Mm. Number three, allow people to self-determination, end occupation and end countries that are occupying other people's lands. Number three, rewrite history. The way we have artificially divided up the world through the colonial map. Literally, they were drawing line across the sand, creating people's countries, destroying human civilization. We need to rewrite that. And guess what? Western world should wake up and realize that they've stolen the wealth of the world. They need to return it to their rightful owners. Yeah. When we have created a better world, there'll be no terrorism. Do you think that will ever happen? It, yes, it of seems course quite will ambitious. Happen. It will happen. Humanity will rise one day. Yeah. And I believe humanity's rise will be inspired by Islam. And because of that, there are people who are out there with vested interest to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Because they don't want to lose their money. They don't want to lose the stolen money that they've gathered in their bank accounts. I'm afraid the good news is it will happen. Okay. And even better news is we'll do it together. And even more prolific news is even Jesus will have returned by that time. Um, I want to, we've sort of spoken about this on a, on, a, on a global scale. I want to bring it home a little bit to England. You have EDL, Pashivad BMP, National Front, it goes on and on and on. What is their problem with Islam? Well, EDL's problem with Islam isn't Islam, it's just that they don't use their brain. 
I think they're thick as a plank of wood, most of them. Haven't read. Most of them are intoxicated most of the time. I call them hooligans. I haven't come across an intelligent EDL. Yeah. So, really, I don't want to give them any sophisticated uh, analysis. They don't deserve it. When they're sober, when they've read a bit, I'll have a discussion with them. <laughs> um, but what, what, do you th- what do you think their problem with Racism. Yeah. They just can't tolerate the other. Yeah. They think it's the Little England, pure white race. It's called white supremacist, nothing else. It's purely based on bigotry, purely based on racism. Yeah. Nothing else. I was talking to somebody the other day. You know what? Whether you're black or white, whether you are white or from a white supreme nation or a, any other nation, we all go to the toilet. We all stink the world. <laughs> That's a great example, that. You know yeah, what? Ask the EDL guys. Yeah, yeah. What happens to them when they go to the loo? It's true. They smell of musk. <laughs> you know, it's a disgrace when human beings don't understand. When we go down to our bare bone, we're the same. Yeah. Our blood color is the same. We need sleep, we need food, we need love, we're all the same. We need compassion, otherwise we can't survive. Yeah. We are all the same. The problem is, when somebody is so ignorant, and not only are they ignorant, they're not even interested in being enlightened. There's nothing, nothing I can do. So with EDL and the likes, I don't want to waste my time. Okay. Majority of the people of this country, they're not racist. They're afraid. Their fear comes from the unknown. The unknown factor here is the foreigners if the media and if the politicians were responsible like the Prime Minister of New Zealand yeah in one strike she was able to show the world how to not only destroy and defeat but overcome Islamophobia in our country just in one simple gesture she said Muslims are ours and we are theirs we're together and the world was astonished that she could be a human being. She could come down and walk with those Muslims, hug them, cry with them. So for as long as we create the fear of the unknown, people will be afraid. If we were to talk about Islam from the true perspective, I think vast majority of the people of this country would be delighted. Wherever I've gone and given talk about Islam, I've yet to come across one person who said, you know what? I don't like what you're talking about. They all say, we love what you're talking about. If this is Islam, we're happy with it. Yeah. We don't have the opportunity to talk about the goodness of Islam to anybody. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, I want to talk about Islamophobia and how it's affect, how it affects the Muslim community. Do you think after attacks like the New Zealand one, the attacks we've had here in England, in London, in London, the city itself, um, has that affected the Muslim community? Are they scared? Do you think there's fear that's been sort of born out of nowhere? Or? Not, not very far away from where we are right now in the North London area, Turnpark Lane Station. Yeah. Only a couple of days ago, a Muslim girl's hijab was pulled down and she was hit badly by just a person on the train. And everybody else just stood there watching, did nothing. Wow. Muslims are afraid. When we go to pray, we're now having to employ security guards outside. We've never done that before. In my 47 years, I've never looked back while leading prayers, thinking, who is going to come and shoot all of us down? But we are now. When my children are walking the streets, we are worried. Fear is a very debilitating factor. We want to overcome fear. Yeah. The only way to overcome fear is by interaction. I want to befriend my non-Muslim colleagues and neighbors. I want to tell them I am normal. Just like you, I am normal. We are all humans. So there is fear. It's affecting us all. It's a, it's a pity that we are going to reduce our relationship to security guards. My mosque should be open. My synagogue should be open. My temple should be open to everybody. If I can't trust my neighbor, who can I trust? Yeah. And I, be, I squarely, I place the blame on the media squarely. Media is only interested in creating headlines increasing its uh, viewers and audience numbers, and we are paying a huge price for that. Media, if it re- behaved responsibly, we could have eliminated fear instantly. Yeah. But you just said that, you know, media organizations do this to try and attract more listenerships and more viewerships. Surely then it's up to the people. Because of the people, there's a two-way process. Who is powerful in this whole game? The owner of the media platform or the people? There's a fantastic book written by Fukuyama, he talks about um, how media can create false consensus. Yeah. How media can manufacture consensus. How media can create a culture. How media can bring or throw a government out. Rupert Murdoch is one example. He's already talking about Theresa May's resignation. He did the same. Every single prime minister of our country had to go to Rupert Murdoch's office before they became the prime minister of our country. What does that say about the power of the media? Yeah. So I believe Rupert Murdoch hates Islam. 
he has made it very clear. For as long as nasty pieces of work like Rupert Murdoch are at the helm of our media, we've got terrible time to see. We need responsible media. We need responsible journalists. We also need a courageous, principled politician who are not prostituting themselves because they're afraid of media coverage, negative or adverse ones. Yeah. Stand for your principle and speak the truth. Yeah. Um, how can we be tougher on the causes of Islamophobia? Tougher on the causes of Islamophobia is by legislating Islamophobia as a crime. Yeah. Islamophobia kills. Any form of Islamophobia is intolerable. It's not fashionable. Just like racism. Racism yeah. is not fashionable. If Islamophobia has become acceptable around our dinner table, if people can get away with deriding and mocking Islam and the Muslims in their pubs, in their, bubs, in their bars and clubs, if Muslims are living in constant fear of negative portrayal on the media, then we haven't dealt a severe blow to Islamophobia. So, legislation, yeah. culture change, and education. These things you mentioned, though, it seems like they, it takes a long process. Because there are people who have a vested interest not to make it happen. Can you believe there are media personalities and journalists who are saying, what's wrong with being Islamophobic? Wow. They're using the excuse that it's all about freedom of expression. They say we want the right to be able to criticize Islam. Who's going to stop your right to criticize Islam? You can criticize my faith as much as you like, but do you have to ridicule me in that process? Be critical, but don't ridicule me. Yes, dissect my religion. Every ideology, every philosophy is open to criticism, no problem. But if in that process I'm ridiculing a people, I am dehumanizing a people. And when I dehumanize a people, I make them vulnerable and a target. And that's the problem. To bring it onto an individual level, a person listening to this podcast right now, what can they do to help? They need to go and befriend their neighbor. We all need to go out of our way and make more and more friends. If you are a non-Muslim, go and make as many Muslim friends as possible. If you are a Muslim listening to this podcast, go and make as many non-Muslim friends as possible. Invite each other to your houses. Invite each other to your festivals. Go and attend each other's mosques and prayer spaces. Get to know one another. Friendship will overcome all difficulties. And when we create a safe space for you and me to live together, and we can trust one another, all phobias will be gone. Those who fan the fuel of hatred, we need to challenge them. And the best way to challenge them is by having better relationship with your neighbors. That's a beautiful thing to say. Um, this has been an absolute fascinating chat. I really have enjoyed every bit of it. And it seems what I've got from this is people that are, I'm just gonna say, who are against equality, who kind of want to keep the power in their hands, control, they're the ones that seem to be against Islam. But your average Joe, it seems like Islam is kind of perfect for their lifestyle and how they live. That's what I'm gathering from this talk. Am I right in saying that? 100% right. Majority of the people of the world would love Islam if they truly hear the true message. The people with power and vested interest will hate it because they will have to sacrifice. And it seems like they've rebranded it into something that it isn't. Okay, of course, because it serves their interest. And yeah. regularly they, they do it. I have, a good, I have good news for them too. By sharing your wealth, you'll become richer. Remember that. Yeah. By sharing your wealth, you will become richer. So don't be greedy because when you die, you won't take a single penny with you. My father died last year. 
He came with nothing on this earth and when he died, we found nothing in his bank account. There was no need for him to have anything in his bank account. So money, material, it's a delusion. The real enlightenment, the real joy of life is true relationship. And true relationship comes from friendship. And who else can be your best friend than your neighbor? Powerful words. Ajmal makes so much sense and very interesting to hear his thoughts on why Islamophobia continues to rise. It almost feels like the problem is too rooted in history to ever be eradicated. Will we ever get a perfect world, Ajmal describes? I'd love to hear from you in the comments. In the next episode of Blinded Faith, we're talking global warming and why this man, David Icke, thinks it doesn't exist. When you break down how much um, carbon dioxide is actually in the atmosphere against other greenhouse gases, something like 98% of greenhouse gases are water vapor and clouds. What are we gonna do, ban water vapor? ban condensation on the window. What are we going to do? It's crazy now. Coming up on Blinded Faith next time, global warming. Is it really happening? I'm Yasser. Thanks for listening. Join me next time on Blinded Faith. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.